Next on the 5 O'Clock Report. Putin's war of conquest is failing. What's missing is the advanced weaponry. It would be like buying a ticket on the Titanic after you saw the movie. But when you come back home, you're just Jimmy. Now, let's go to the newsroom. Good afternoon. Thank you very much for joining us. I'm Mark Webster. On this President's Day, America's president met Ukraine's president in Kiev. Russia's aim was to wipe Ukraine off the map. Putin's war of conquest is failing. In an unannounced visit to Ukraine's capital, President Biden marked this week's one-year anniversary of the Russian invasion, pledging another half billion dollars in U.S. aid to their war effort. It was a visit shrouded in secrecy, to say the least. President Biden's been here many times before, but this is the first time since the war began. And even as he walked with President Zelensky in front of the cathedral behind me, those air raid sirens rang out to the urgency of the proceedings. CBS's Charlie Daggett, this Kiev woman was appreciative of the gesture. I think that Joe Biden's visit to Ukraine means that the whole world supports Ukraine and that the victory will be ours because we are strong and able to hold out. As mentioned, security was tight for this presidential visit. Traveling party uh, accompanying the president was uh, extremely small as well, consisting basically of a handful of his closest aides, a small medical team, photographer, and, and the security package. Deputy National Security Advisor John Finer, Biden's latest aid pledge, though, still falls short of what former CIA station chief Dan Hoffman says is truly needed. The president promised today uh, howitzer shells, anti-tank weapons, but what's missing is the advanced weaponry and the fighter aircraft that Ukraine mm-hmm. needs to take the fight to the finish. Also, over the weekend, reports that China might enter the fray by supplying Russia with lethal aid against Ukraine drew this stern warning from Senator Lindsey Graham. If you jump on the Putin train now, you're dumber than dirt. It would be like buying a ticket on the Titanic after you saw the movie. Don't do this. The Turkey-Syria border rocked by another earthquake, this 6.4 on the Richter scale, in one of the same regions devastated by major quakes that have now killed close to 50,000 people. There is word of damage to some buildings today, but no word of any injuries yet. Officials say North Korea has launched a couple of ballistic missiles off of its east coast. Both fired early Monday morning local time, fell into the Sea of Japan, according to Japan's defense ministry. North Korea expert Ralph Kasa. In addition to claiming and demonstrating that they have the the ability to reach out and hit the continental United States. They're also trying to demonstrate the ability to to strike at U.S. bases and U.S. allies, obviously, in Korea and Japan. This latest missile launch by North Korea comes after joint air training exercises conducted by the U.S. and South Korea on Sunday. The Georgia church where Jimmy Carter has attended and taught is asking for prayers for the former president. This after it was announced over the weekend that the 98-year-old Carter will spend his remaining time at home with family under hospice care. People in his hometown of Plains, Georgia, think of him fondly. People should come here and appreciate the life and uh, the contributions he made both during his presidency and after. I think it's a remarkable testament to his character that you can be the most powerful person in the world, but when you come back home, you're just Jimmy. Over the weekend, a prayer leader at Carter's hometown, Maranatha Baptist Church, led the congregation in prayer, and the church choir followed with a rendition of America the Beautiful. Alan Shaw, head of Norfolk and Southern Railroad, made a whistle stop in East Palestine, Ohio, over the weekend. Reporter Stan Bonish is there. Shaw is pleased with the cleanup so far. We're making a lot of progress. He could not say, however, where the soil and liquids being collected are being shipped off to. We're taking it to landfills that 
that are designed to handle that type of material. What city and state? I don't have that information. You don't know where they're going? No. Residents have reported health issues since that derailment. Health news now. Are moms and dads too quick to head to the medicine cabinet when they have a sick kid at home? CBS's Bradley Blackburn. A national poll at the University of Michigan found one in three parents would give fever-reducing medication for temperatures below 100.4. But doctors say it's often better to let a low-grade fever run its course and that it helps a child's body fight off infection. And on this President's Day holiday, a Christian writer's calling on Christians and non-Christians to reclaim the essentials of America's founding. Although there have been efforts to downplay American history and civics education, Mark Burrell tells Family Life it's important to celebrate presidents who carried the nation along according to its biblical values. Washington, who helped found the country, Lincoln, who helped save the Union. And we ought to be honoring their efforts, having defended our liberty and our freedom, which is at the heart of our national founding covenant. The Pennsylvania native says those who want to erase history are making the mistake of depriving Americans from learning of both the strong and weak points of our national story. We should certainly call out those situations like the Trail of Tears, for instance, which was a horrible incident in our American history. But I can also point to situations where William Penn dealt fairly with Lenape tribe, and uh, that's why there was peace in that valley for decades. Even more than the Constitution, Burrell says the Declaration of Independence has strong roots in God's desired plans for each nation. Still to come on the 5 o'clock report, some midweek weather worries, a major highway project edges forward, and an effort to prevent members of the Pennsylvania legislature from accepting lobbyist gifts. I'm Kevin Williams, and here is your Family Life Regional Weather Forecast. Tonight, partly cloudy. Low temps, 20s and low 30s. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy, breezy, a few rain and snow showers. Highs in the 40s. Wednesday, turning cloudy and colder. Snow, sleet, freezing rain and rain arriving. There will be the potential of significant ice and snow accumulation across upper parts of western and central New York Wednesday night into Thursday morning. High temps on Wednesday, mainly 30s and low 40s. All right, thank you very much, Kevin Williams. Now checking the stories making news where you live across New York and Pennsylvania. As he just touched on, millions of Americans are bracing for a major winter storm this week, and that includes our listing area. The significant snow and ice will be a risk Wednesday night across upper portions of western and central New York. All the while, temperatures in parts of Pennsylvania push 50. We'll check in again with Kevin for his full forecast in just a few minutes. I have never seen anything like this in my life. Staying with a weather theme, a mild and rather snowless winter is proving to be a slippery slope for area ski resort operators. Veteran Kissing Bridge employee Mike Bucard tells WIVB this winter has not been kind to the local ski industry. I haven't seen anything like this where, you know, it's been warm all the way through and hasn't really, we haven't like turned the corner to like, we actually have like winter, winter temperatures and, and that, so it's been an unusual, very unusual season. Season pass holder Danielle Catone says the resort's doing the best it can under the circumstances and her family's making the best of it too. A lot of people that are upset are maybe come out once or twice in a season, but since, I mean, we are season pass holders, we're diehard, we're out as much as we can and it has had a bit of an effect, but it's still been great. Only a small percentage of Kissing Bridge slopes were open this past weekend. However, they do say they plan to add additional snowmaking capacity for next season. A $55 million effort to cover Buffalo's Kensington Expressway moves forward. We get the latest from Family Life's Dee Haley. Similar projects have been completed in Boston, Seattle, and in Dallas. The projects slated for Buffalo, however, will be significantly smaller. The state has already committed another $1 billion in taxpayer money 
for the 5- to 10-year project. The latest plan calls for a 4,600-foot tunnel ventilated for vehicle exhaust from Dodge to Sydney Streets near MLK Park. Dee Haley, Family Life News. Thank you, Dee. An education expert from the Southern Tiers warning parents about a Satan club that's about to set up shop in the Maine Endwell School District. Dr. Ralph Kerr with the Teaching and Learning Institute says there's little the district can really do to stop that Satan club from using its facilities. If you have open access, then that means any group that wants to use the facility can use it. Parents just need to be involved and say to their children, nope, that's not something that you're going to participate in. Flyers advertising that club sent home last week to students at the Homer Brink Elementary School near Binghamton. Maine Endwell Superintendent Jason Van Fossen. It has drawn a lot of uh, anger and divisiveness within our community in a small amount of time. And so, you know, in our opinion, um, you know, we always want to respect outside organizations' uh, uh, right to request facilities. Uh, but when you do so in a way that creates all this negative energy and this real negative pushback against the district, um, you know, we're not we're not happy with that. Students will not be allowed to participate in that after-school Satan club without parental permission. To Pennsylvania now, as lawmakers get to work, there's a renewed effort to prevent members of the House and Senate from accepting lobbyist gifts. Update on that now from Family Life's Terry Diener. After an unsuccessful attempt to circumvent legislative leadership and force a vote on a proposal banning lobbyists from giving gifts to Pennsylvania lawmakers, activists have new hope the General Assembly will take action this session. The Good Government Group March on Harrisburg recruited a lawmaker to force a vote on the bill that would ban legislators from accepting gifts, transportation, and recreation exceeding $250 from a single person each year. Terry Diener, Family Life News. Uh, thank you, Terry. A ransomware gang known as Black Cat with ties to Russia attacked a Lehigh Valley Health Network supporting a physician practice in Lackawanna County. This according to a statement from LVHN's president and CEO Brian Nestor. They're still looking into the scope of the attack, but he says as of today, it had not disrupted their operations and all facilities were operating normally. The initial investigation shows the attack involved a computer system used for patient images from radiation oncology treatment. Black Cat demanded ransom. LVHN refused. 15-year-olds in Pennsylvania might soon be able to legally get behind the wheel. That story from Family Life's Brian Query. Two state House of Representatives are proposing lowering the age that a teenager can receive a driver's permit and license in Pennsylvania. Representative Stephen Kinsey and Eric Nelson said in a memorandum they want to see 15-year-olds hit the state's roadways, ending, quote, arbitrary age discrimination. The proposed legislation would change the age of eligibility for a learner's permit and junior driver's license to 15 years old. Kinsey and Nelson cited neighboring West Virginia, Ohio, and Maryland as states that recognize the societal contributions that individuals under 16 can make by allowing them to get their learner's permits. The two also cited the benefit of permitting 15-year-olds to drive in order to encourage them to join the workforce. Due to the House stalemate, a formal bill on the issue has yet to be introduced. Brian Query, Family Life News. Thank you, Brian. Missing school. It's become a real problem statewide in Pennsylvania, particularly at several schools in the western part of the state. The issue, mostly seen in middle and high schools, has prompted districts to take an active approach to combating the trend. Statewide habitual truancy rates, students with six or more unexcused absences per year, according to the state guidelines, doubled from 9.2 percent in the 2019-20 school year to 18.5 percent in 2021, the highest spikes at the middle and high school levels. A truancy toolkit is available to all districts from the State Department of Education. Scott Curran, director of the Office for Safe Schools, says it steers schools 
schools away from punitive approaches and towards supportive ones and to be proactive before a student becomes a chronic truant. And a much happier school note for the second straight year, Penn State's THON fundraising event has set a record. This year's weekend dance marathon for charity raised just over $15 million, which will go to supporting the Four Diamonds program at Penn State Children's Hospital to help kids with childhood cancer. THON dancer Joel Barnett tells WTAJ the 46 hours straight on his feet was well worth the pain. Oh, I 100% do it again. Representing our, our THON family is the best uh, dream I could ever ask for, and so perfect way to... I'm graduating, so I can't do it again, but if I could, I would do it again. THON is the largest student-run philanthropy in the world. More than 700 students stayed on their feet from 6 p.m. Friday to 4 p.m. Sunday in a celebration that included live music, dance performances, motivational speakers, and appearances by families impacted by childhood cancer. Since 1977, THON's raised more than $200 million for childhood cancer patients and their families. All right, your nightly market report is next brought to you by Ambassador Advisors. Now, there are no fresh numbers available today with the observance of President's Day, but as we look back at Friday, it was mixed territory for stocks to end the last week. At the closing bell, the Dow Jones Industrial Average rose 130 points. The S&P dropped 11 points and the Nasdaq lost 68. There are some key economic reports on the horizon this week. Existing home sales for January are due out tomorrow, with the minutes from the Federal Reserve's last meeting dropping the following day. GDP data and jobless claims will be released Thursday, while the week will wrap up Friday with consumer spending, personal income, consumer sentiment, and new home Home sale numbers all coming out. So plenty of data ahead. Ambassador Advisors, a Christian financial planning firm helping faithful stewards do more. Details are available at ambassadoradvisors.com. This is the 5 o'clock report on Family Life. When's the best time to get a free credit report in 2023? It's whenever you want. Hi, I'm Rob West with the Faith and Finance Minute. The three national credit reporting agencies, Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion, have extended their COVID-related credit report policies through 2023. That means you can get a free credit report once a week, every week, all through the year. You don't need to get your reports that often, but it's nice to know you can check the status of all your accounts and spot errors or fraudulent activity whenever you want, and all for free. Just go to annualcreditreport.com where you can download your free credit reports from all three bureaus. It's an offer you shouldn't refuse. Connect with a certified Kingdom advisor who's been trained to deliver financial advice that aligns with your Christian values by visiting our website, faithfi.com. Coming up on the 5 o'clock report, there's no place like home unless, of course, you pay to fly somewhere else. Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away. I'm Kevin Williams, and here is your Family Life weather forecast. Tonight, partly cloudy. Low temps, 20s and low 30s. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy, breezy, a few rain and snow showers. Highs in the 40s. Wednesday, turning cloudy and colder. Snow, sleet, freezing rain and rain arriving from south to north later in the day and at night with high temperatures, mostly in the 30s. And again, significant ice and snow risk on the Thruway Corridor, Buffalo to Utica, while it warms farther south into Pennsylvania. All right, Kevin, thank you very much. Finally at 5. I'm leaving on a jet plane. International flights are an exercise in patience on a good day. Then there's Air New Zealand flight ANZ2. Non-stop service, Auckland to New York City's JFK. That's about a 9,000-mile haul. It was all going fine eight hours into that marathon flight when... 
fire broke out. Not on the plane, though, but at JFK. They had to close one of their terminals, and that prompted Air New Zealand to tell its plane that it come all that way to turn around and head for the barn. They did, too, giving its none-too-happy passengers a 16-hour trip to nowhere. Air New Zealand says diverting the plane was just too complicated schedule-wise. The airline apologized to passengers, rebooked them on flights to New York, but one passenger says most of them were, quote, boiling mad, and that most of them only found out about the giant U-turn in the sky when they watched it on the in-flight screen showing the plane's progress. No announcement was made. It's been a rough time lately for Air New Zealand. Days before that, they had to cancel all of their flights out of Auckland due to a tropical cyclone. Not a good day, mate. That's the world we live in for Monday, February 20th, 2023. Thank you again for joining us. I'm Mark Webster, Family Life News.